Welcome to the Investing Tutor Podcast, the show for professionals looking to master the most up-to-date strategies needed to build wealth and provide a stable financial future. Here's your host, Dr. Hans Boateng. Hey friends, Dr. Hans here, the Investing Tutor, and I have an incredible episode for you today. So Drew Stahl is joining us today, and Drew is a clinical pharmacist and a real estate investor. And so Drew, thank you so much for making the time. Welcome. Thank you very much, Hans. I appreciate um, your quick responses, and I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So Drew, the word real estate investor, what does that mean to you? So to me, it's, it's really just um, using real estate as a vehicle um, to build wealth. And I think we all hear these terms online. Um, there's a lot of misinformation, just like there is um, in the stock market and the things you preach. To me, real estate investing is buying an asset similar to buying a stock, um, calculating what kind of return you can get on that investment, um, and then reinvesting the return if you want to grow your business or if you want to take it out for personal means. So I've really become akin over the last couple of years to, to kind of the value of real estate investing. And it is a big time commitment as far as um, just knowing the local market and getting people uh, to help you as far as the different tradesmen. So to me, it's just, it's really as simple as like buying Facebook. So I'm, I'm buying a home um, that I can put some money into and then um, eventually get a renter in it. So I'm a buy and hold real estate investor, unless there's an opportunity, obviously, to, to sell that uh, investment for way beyond what we paid, then we, we obviously would entertain that. So really, it's just, it's another vehicle kind of in a diversified portfolio, similar to stocks. So what got you interested in real estate? Um, a baseline knowledge of, of construction. I mean, I'm by no means an expert, but I'm pretty handy as far as uh, anything to do with you know, decking and flooring and painting and those things that you kind of do for your own house that a lot of professionals are probably involved in, but they don't realize that those same techniques that they've learned can be applied to rental properties. So originally, uh, my family, my dad was was pretty into into building houses. We actually built the majority of the houses that we lived in. So outside of pouring concrete and framing, um, he would do a lot of the electrical work um, we'd hang cabinets, we'd do the floors, we'd paint the walls. And so what we would do is we'd buy a home um, middle of the row and then we'd put some money into it. Um, and then a couple of years from there, we would sell that home and then we'd roll the equity in that home into a new one um, that's usually a little bigger in a little better area. And we did that multiple times. And, and um, today my, my parents are in a pretty large home, um, most of which they constructed themselves. So it was almost their way, their way on top of the market to build wealth. Um, and we, my family, um, my brothers and I were able to learn a lot of trades along the way. So it was, it was that that got me interested. Um, and then when, when my brother and I got out um, into the real world and we started, you know, learning about the market, I'm the oldest of five and four boys and a girl and all three of the other boys went into finance. So we've always followed the market. We've always texted about which stocks are going up and down. Um, and I just saw real estate kind of like I said, as another stock, let's, let's buy a house. I'll do some of the work and let's see where it goes. And next thing you know, you know, we've got six of them and it all rolled pretty quick. I love how you're sharing about 
also participating or knowing about investing in the market, right? Because a lot of people don't realize that that can be a passive way for long-term investing as well. So would you say a decent portion of your long-term investments are in the stock market as well, or do you have more in real estate? Um, I would say personally right now, I'm probably split right in two. Um, you know, you don't really see the value of your real estate until you sell and we've yet to sell. But if you look just at appraisal and you know how much money the real estate's bringing in, I'd say stocks and real estate are, are about 50-50 right now. To, to echo your point, the stock market, I mean, really what you hear at the buzz, uh, one of the things that's definitely true across mainstream media is getting paid when you're not working. And, and a house can really represent that in the fact that you're getting rental income as you're sleeping, just like, you know, Facebook stock is going up as you're sleeping. So um, it's getting into those mediums that allow your wealth to grow when you're not working for it directly, I guess. So would you say real estate really allows for passive income, right? So for people who want to acquire real estate and, and they are probably like, you know what, I don't want to fix toilets. Can real estate really allow them to be able to do that? And how does that person go ahead with acquiring real estate properties and maybe getting a team in place to be able to manage the property for them? As you know, I'm not sure the the uh, number you quote for the stock market, but somewhere between a seven and 9% return, you can pretty much expect in the stock market if you're, if you're playing your cards right or like the mainstream. Uh, real estate, I would say, if carefully chosen, um, is a little bit above that, but you make a good point that um, it takes a little more work. So you're getting a little more texts throughout the day, like uh, my toilet's leaking, or um, the other day we had a sump pump that wasn't working. So you're getting these these texts throughout, but if, if you know enough and you can find the resources online, um, it's very important as a landlord to be able to um, to kind of separate through um, what's a real issue that you need to put hands on right now. And then what's something that, you know, a tenant is just worried about, but it may not be um, the biggest deal right now, or it may be something that just the tenant doesn't understand. Um, so a baseline knowledge. Um, but again, I think you can get that probably just from some, some real estate investing books. Um, but going back to the balance, it really is just what you're willing to take on me with a little bit of construction background, I'm able to look at a more distressed property that's going to return a little more because I'm going to put some work into it. But someone who just wants an investment media, um, the, t the thing that I've been telling pharmacists that I work with since I started is if, you, if your first primary residence is purchased in a really good area that you know you can rent, everyone can be a landlord. So you take that first property and you hold it as you move up. I mean, most Americans will move within seven years of homeownership. And so if you pick a good enough house in a good enough area that you can rent quite a bit above your mortgage um, and you stay in that as a primary residence as you're starting a family or, you know, you haven't gone to the quote unquote dream home, um, that's a home that you can be putting a little work into, um, making sure it's nice and neat. And then you can move someone in and keep ownership of it if you're able then, if you've, I guess if you're good enough um, saving money save a little bit of money, buy a little bigger house, kind of like what I was mentioning my parents did. And then eventually roll that equity if you ever wanted to get rid of it into your primary home and you've got equity that someone else is paying for you, 
It really depends. I mean, if you're buying a new construction that you want to rent, um, you're probably not going to get as much of a return, but it's definitely something someone could do. You could at least get someone to pay off your equity. Um, but you really can calculate the number numbers similar to, to the stock market. You can say, I, I returned this month, last month, and you'll be able to kind of see over time if that asset's paying off or not. Let's start from the beginning. For someone who is listening and they are saying to themselves, you know what? I've heard real estate is a really good investment. It's something I need to look into. Where do they start? I think for someone with, with little knowledge, but you know, a lot of motivation to get into it, I think you would start with a local uh, real estate advisor, maybe. Um, I, it doesn't really take a real estate agent per se. I, I think agents are somewhat motivated um, to sell you something. And sometimes that thing is not what you need. So just somebody, maybe a close family friend who has a few of them, maybe you know, someone at your church, maybe um, someone you've just heard about. I mean, you can reach out to me if you're really interested. I, I love talking about it and just giving ideas to people. Uh, but ultimately, it's going to take you kind of, you know, getting those educational materials, finding the area. So Zillow is a great resource that I really started with just looking at the areas where I'm just basically looking at price to rent ratios. And you can even use Zillow has tools um, for like an estimate of the rent and then an estimate of the price. And so if you look in those areas where rent is, you know, that rent ratio is a little bit higher. So it's demanding higher rent for a little bit lower of a price. Um, and there are certain areas, obviously, it makes absolutely no sense to buy a half a million dollar house and rent it for, you know, 2,500 bucks a month because your mortgage is, is quite a bit more than that. But you're looking for, I think a lot of people quote a 1% rule. So uh, the purchase price of the home, say it's $100,000, you would want that home to rent for at least $1,000 a month at the bare minimum because in single family homes, um, you have quite a bit of maintenance cost. If I was graduating pharmacy school right now with some debt and I was interested in buying a house, I know you can get them you know, somewhere around 5% down. Um, find it in a trendy area because professionals ultimately live in the trendiest of areas. Um, buy a house you can afford and then you know, just do the math. If you think this house can rent quite above the mortgage, hold on to that house because ultimately real estate is not something you want to keep flipping over. There's just too much interest tied early on in the loan that it's not worth it whatsoever. So Drew, I'm curious, how did you educate yourself? So for example, for me, with regards to learning the stock market, it wasn't something that I just got to know kind of like intuitively. I literally had to spend years reading hundreds of books, tens of thousands of articles, and actually, you know, through trial and error. So I'm curious for you, what's been the process of educating yourself? That, that's awesome that you did that and put in all those years. It's incredible to hear how much you go through to get uh, to your position. But I, I was fortunate enough to have a decent baseline that I'd say is quite a bit above what most people getting into it is just from you know, my parents being fairly business savvy, um, them building a lot of houses and watching, you know, how they negotiate with someone who's about to do construction, how they speak kind of the language and how they make sure that people are staying on task. So it, it really is the most part of it is a leadership mentality. Um, so making sure people are accountable and they get things done, they meet deadlines, those kinds of things. Um, but as far as learning real estate overall, you're going to learn a good amount of real estate just in buying your home. And I think a lot of people, I mean, majority of people own homes. I know, you know, there's a new generation that, that seems to be quite okay renting, but, but I think 
the more we educate like what you're doing, um, the more I'm trying to get the word out about real estate, I think we start to take back some of that wealth from from the corporate structure and get it back to individuals where we can then start businesses and really get everything moving, in my opinion. Um, so if it was me, I'd get started with somebody, a relative, someone I trust who does it, um, and then start asking those questions. So yeah, you definitely start with reading the book. Um, there's hundreds of books. I've read a, a good majority of them on Amazon. Um, and I, I don't know that there's one that, that stands out. I'll just say that there's there's a diverse amount of styles similar to investing. You know, there are people like me, I only invest in the S&P. Um, and then there are people that I know that, you know, want to take a little more conservative of an approach. Um, so it's really finding that niche that that is what you are passionate about. Um, that could be, you know, it could be a condo. It could be a multiplex. So there's really, there's all sorts of investments. And I think another thing that that I haven't really done yet, but I've got some other pharmacists that are getting pretty interested and maybe want to partner just so they can learn the process. But maybe that's an option if you have a really good friend who's doing it where you can partner in and they can kind of walk you through, um, lead you through the process and allow you to grow and figure things out and ask questions and make mistakes. Because that's really what what the first probably six months of our of our journey was. It was picking a home and that's probably the worst home we've bought as far as return. Um, but we got in there. I did all the work myself. Um, we got it looking good. We rented it uh, almost for the 1% rule. Um, that's about the only house we have that is a little lower than the 1% rule. But but it show, goes to show you that nobody really knows what they're doing 100%. But you're going to get in there and you're going to get better and better and better the more you push yourself. And then eventually you've you've got quite a bit of very passive income that, that returns quite a bit on on what you put in it. Yeah, I often say that uh, people don't realize the value of learning from others, right? To be able to shorten your learning curve because we think about real estate and someone will be like, oh, real estate, it's just buying a home, right? But like at the beginning of this call, you mentioned how you have to look at the numbers. You have to know certain things that you're looking out for because it's not as easy as it appears, right? Mm-hmm. And that can definitely derail your ship really quickly. If, if you pick the wrong home with your first one and, you know, you've got quite a higher mortgage payment than somebody's gathering rent or you don't have anybody renting it. I mean, that's really where the wheels can fall off. Getting educated, picking that one slam dunk to get the ball rolling. And then, you know, we're to the point now that we, we aren't frivolous by any means, but we're definitely looking at a higher price point with less return just because we know there's less headache. And now it's, it's passive and it's moving. So um, we're really just looking for more options versus that one absolute home run. Drew, can you walk us through a quick example of maybe a deal that you did that you were really happy with? Okay. Um, So I can go, I could go through two. I could go through the one that we didn't do well. And then I can go through the one that, I mean, is still amazing that we pulled it off. That would be Um, fantastic. I guess I'll start with the good one um, and then we'll, we'll show you the flip side. So there's a property um, that, that we bought in West Louisville, Kentucky, which is um, where I currently work. Um, it was a property that we purchased for $64,600. Um, we, I ended up doing majority of the work, although I let Lowe's do um, the carpet install just because they had a really good deal. Um, so we painted the entire house. Um, we carpeted, we refinished the deck 
but it was all the windows were in good shape the roof was in good shape um so the structures you're looking for when you enter a home are usually the hvac those big ticket items the ac unit the water heaters is the plumbing look good um and then are the windows good is another and the roof and so this house met all of those demands so we bought it for 646. I think we ended up getting into it completely for 70,000. We put about a little over $5,000 in the fix. A lot of it I did. We did it in um, probably a month. Um, and then we were able to rent that house for uh, $1,100 a month. Can you quickly walk us through the bad example <laughs> that you wanted sure. So we just got that home appraised too, so I can reflect even more. Um, we purchased a home in a really trendy area of Louisville. Um, it was originally listed for 209. We got it all the way down to 159. So we, we definitely, I'd say this house is probably worth 189, even on a bad day. Um, but we bought for 159. The amount of work in this thing was unlike any house we've had. I, I did quite a bit. And um, we painted the whole thing, painted the outside, um, stained the deck, which was actually in pretty good shape. Um, we had to asphalt the driveway. We ended up spending about $7,000 on this home. So we're, we're probably in this home for 166 or somewhere around there. Um, but this home, we actually put 20% down and started a 30-year mortgage, which, so we didn't really understand the process. Um, we were just kind of trying to get the lowest payment we could have. So we're obviously paying a lot more interest. Um, that payment runs right at $1,000. Um, so luckily we just got that rented. So we had a term of a rental at 1450. Um, we just got it rented for 1550. Um, so, and they actually got into a three-year lease, um, which is nice. So this thing is turning around for us, but basically, um, for a while there, it was a thousand dollar payment a month, um, for 1450 in rent. We were paying their water bill, um, which was somewhere around, um, 50 to $60 a month. So you're already up to 1050. And then there was quite a bit of maintenance that we ran into. So, um, we ended up having to service the AC unit for a few hundred dollars. We replaced the water heater for a thousand dollars. The house flooded. Um, so we had to do some landscaping. So our first year, I'm pretty sure we probably broke even ish. I haven't run them officially. I know we didn't lose, but we were very close to losing. So Drew, in wrapping up, I wanted you to share with the audience what motivates you, what keeps you going? Because from your description, I mean, you did have to, you know, renovate some of the homes. You had to do some tough work, right? Most people listening perhaps are thinking, hey, you just buy a property and that's it. So then what motivates you? What keeps you going? I, I really love this question because I, I don't get to... Uh to throw it out there very often, but there was a time. So with, with the first property where I just started um, my new clinical specialist job, um, I had a one and a half year old with one on the way. Um, and so I was actually going all the way until bedtime. So they would go down about seven thirty at night. And that's when I would go to the property, turn the lights on at eight. I'd work for three or four hours until midnight. And then I would wake up, wake them up. So, I mean, it, it really has been, I think for me, it's seeing um, how hard my parents worked. Um, I mean, it's, it really is, it's, it's going to be a process. Um, I think if you don't hit it as hard as me, that's okay. I mean, I think you can make it work with varying amounts of work ethic as long as you're interested and educated. 
Um, but for me, I really wanted to get it started and I wanted to make sure we didn't lose our first one. Cause I knew that would be a very big hurdle if I couldn't get a renter, my brother would probably be frustrated. And then we, you know, I didn't want it to bleed into anything. I wanted it to win and I wanted us, you know, to, to talk about it when we were at family events and try and get everybody excited about it and doing it themselves. Drew, for anyone listening that just wants to connect with you or perhaps just reach out and tap into that real estate knowledge that you have, how can they do that? So yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best. Um, I'm pretty active on there. Um, I know that's where we met um, talking about Facebook stock or something along those lines. So I, yeah, I, I mean, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. And I wouldn't mind um, answering any questions or, or uh, if anybody's in it and doing it a different way, hearing your approach. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to just share. Uh, you've been a wealth of knowledge and I cannot wait to see you continue to build this real estate empire. And um, yeah, looking forward to keeping in touch once I dive fully into real estate, which is what I'm looking to do, I'd say the first phase of my life, I was very much focused on the stock market because I just wanted to get it going. But then mm -hmm. what I'm looking to do is to push a lot of the, the profits from my business into real estate. So that's the strategy that I'm looking at. And that will be, you know, the second phase of life, which is pretty much close to starting off. So once I get into real estate investing, I definitely will be reaching out. Sounds good.